Every man, woman, and child in the world has a spine. It makes no difference whether he or she is black or white, red or yellow, whether they live on the mountain or the valley, on land or water, at the North Pole or equator, rich or poor, is equally applied. Every spine has a subluxation. Each subluxation is producing dis-ease in one or more places. Potentially then, every subluxation needs adjustment, needs chiropractic, therefore, the world needs just what you and I have. Potentially, every sick person is demanding chiropractic, calling for it, needing it, crying for it, actually shouting out for it, but doesn't know why. Why isn't he or she getting it? Because he or she doesn't know that it's chiropractic he needs. We haven't told him, we haven't sold him chiropractic. The sick world that has sold itself to us, but we haven't sold ourselves to them. So long as every person in the world has a subluxation and it produces dis-ease, it can be proven and printed that adjustments get him well, and then every person in the world is going to demand chiropractic so long as there exists one person with a subluxation who remains sick. The people who will demand adjustments in ratios, they know what it is and what it does. So just to prove the point of how important this is, here is an article that came out just this week. Less than half of children in the U.S. are flourishing, study finds. Less than half. So if you go into the article, it talks about this journal article from the, the Journal of Health Affairs coming out of Johns Hopkins. So this is no small little place. And it says, uh, family resilience and connection promote flourishing among U.S. children even amid adversity. So what they're talking about here is the national prevalence of flourishing was 40.3%. At each level of average childhood experiences, household income, and special health care needs, the prevalence of flourishing increased in a graded fashion with the increased levels of family resilience and connection. Right? So they're, they're saying it has nothing to do with socioeconomics. It has nothing to do with what's going on with the child, whether they have special needs or not. It has nothing to do with whether their income is high or low, or education, or if they've had any adverse childhood experiences, like any sort of, God forbid, some sort of abuse or something, you know, a death of a, a spouse, or, I mean, a mom or dad. It has nothing to do with it. What it has to do with is, are they being taught resilience and connection? Are they being taught resilience and connection? So, to point this out, this is a paper I wrote. This is one of the first papers I wrote that was published uh, called Triage and Case Presentations in the Chiropractic Pediatric Clinic. This was the, one of the first chiropractic papers that ever talked about wellness as a category. So back then in 2007 when I did this study, uh, what I did is we took, a year, we took the entire year's worth of kids coming into my practice and we broke them down as to why were they coming in. Right? What was the reason for them coming in? And the number one overarching reason for them coming in was guess what? Wellness. That was the number one overarching reason, which is, once again, the first time anybody's ever mentioned that in a paper, because what was happening is like babies were coming in, moms, pregnant moms were coming to their practice, and then we were adjusting their babies after they gave birth, and they were totally well. You know, moms and dads were coming into the practice and their kids were coming in because they wanted to get them checked to make sure that they were healthy. So that was the number one, the overarching reason why we saw a child was wellness. But what was the number, reason, number one reason why we saw a sick child or a child that was not well back then in 2007? Ear infections was the number one reason. So a few years ago, it's not published yet, but a few years ago I repeated this study. 
And we did the same exact thing, except instead of it being 2007, it was like 2017. Uh, and guess what? The number one reason was still wellness. That's still the number one reason why a child actually presented to my practice. But guess what the number one reason why the child presented to my office now? Was autism and something neurodevelopmental going on. That is by far and above the number one reason why a child presents to our practice now. So what that is pointing to me when we look at this is like this article here. Less than half of our children are flourishing, right? Something is going on with our children. And it's not just the, it's not just the diagnosis that's the problem, right? It's the lack of resilience that is the problem. That it's the parent's responsibility, as it says right over here, it is the parent's responsibility to teach resilience and connection. But that is not what we're focusing on, right? So the problem isn't the autism diagnosis. The problem isn't the ear infections. The problem isn't any of this stuff. The, what these articles are showing is, it is we are not producing a flourishing child because our parents are not showing resilience and showing connection to our children. And what does that mean? So what that means, I think one of the biggest reasons that this might happen to be is, and it's so simple, it's so totally simple, and we've mentioned this before, <clears throat> but family dinners. Just, just, let's just take one simple thing, family dinners. Family dinners used to be, when I was growing up, a prerequisite. If you were going to eat dinner, you would eat dinner with the family. There was no choice. There was the, you came home late, you weren't eating. Right? Tough noogies. There was no, we didn't have microwaves back in the 60s and 70s. We couldn't throw in something quick. Either you ate you know, when you, came, you made sure you got home with the family, and that was what it was about. Right? Now, with, uh, and I understand that there are a lot of families have to have multiple income fam, you know, parents, and if there's a single mom or dad, it's very hard to, to manage this. But these family dinners have been proven to show resilience and connection. They have been proven to reduce um, you know, kids having misconduct and juvenile delinquency. They've been proven to show less sexual promiscuity. All this stuff has been proven because of the connection that is built during a family dinner. So when our son was growing, he's old enough, when our son was growing up, it was a prerequisite. You already ate, I don't care, you're still sitting with us. This, this is not a discussion, right? You, when we have dinner, we have dinner as a family. And it doesn't have to be every single day of the week, but it has to be two, three times a week. We have to instill this into our families. That The whole point of what the, this idea of, of resilience and connection, you gotta build that, you gotta foster that. And yes, it is important to provide for your kids, to provide the financial stability for your kids if you have to work two jobs and all this kind of juggling that I know parents have to do today, I totally get that. <clears throat> but if we don't provide the resilience and the connection, then we're having a really big disservice. <clears throat> and here's the second thing that I think is so important with resilience and connection. You want a bit of resilience, get them adjusted. Kids who get adjusted just do better. It's just, I, the kids who get adjusted do better in school, the kids who get adjusted <clears throat> are healthier, and if you're healthier, you're gonna have more resilience, right? And that's not talking about different diagnosis, it's just, Overall, you can have a child who's on the spectrum and be healthier because you're on the spectrum and now your immune system is stronger, right? So it doesn't, you can't look at someone and say, this diagnosis means you're not healthy. That's not true, right? You can be as healthy as you can within the diagnosis, within the issue that you're dealing with, right? And that's what I think needs to be brought out to our, our families is they say, well, why do I have to get, like as one young lady came in yesterday with her baby, <clears throat> and she said, <clears throat> as a new patient, and she's like, 
So you're telling me that I have to come back multiple times? Yes. She said, why should we can't just that's done one thing? I'm like, this isn't like a cavity, right? This is not like a cavity where you go in and the dentist goes like this and drills you <clears throat> and fills the, the cavity and now you're done, right? It doesn't work like that, right? It's like braces on teeth. It takes time. You have to change the pattern, right? But, but that's not how we're educated, right? <clears throat> and that's not what we're teaching people out there. We're not teaching people about changing patterns. We're just teaching people about quick fixes, right? Why is there an opioid crisis in this country? Because they wanted quick fixes. But the quick fix turned into a big problem, right? And, and now there's gonna be a, you have to change your pattern to break what we wanted as a quick fix, right? It didn't work. <clears throat> so it's our responsibility to teach our patients that <clears throat> especially showing, I'm gonna be printing up this article and sharing this with my patients, that <clears throat> it is so important for us to teach resilience and us to teach connection. And we can't do the connection at home, right? But we certainly can reconnect <clears throat> to make sure that their spine and brain and nerve system are working the way it's supposed to. We can certainly make sure that their health is as resilient as possible, right? And that is how we as chiropractors can help this kind of thing, right? And here's the thing that I, I want you to bring out <clears throat> to understand. You could take almost any article that's put in, in a journal that talks about something like this and you could slant it towards chiropractic. God bless you. You could slant it towards chiropractic. You can make this a chiropractic article, right? So this has nothing to do with chiropractic, but in my opinion, has everything to do with chiropractic, right? So you can, you can change things around to, to make it work it, the way you want it to, to make this, this, art, this kind of article is like huge that we should be explaining to our patients. We should be posting this article on our Facebooks, right? You wanna use social media, right? Social media does not build connections. Social media does not build resilience. It's actually pulling people apart. You wanna use it to pull, put people together? Post articles like this. Don't post divisive stuff about in, 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 right? That doesn't help. Matter of fact, I recommend if you're on Facebook, do not get involved with divisive arguments. If someone asks you a stupid question, ignore it or delete it, right? I do not go, I've had people on Facebook say, I've seen this chiropractic stuff and it's ridiculous and you're a quack. <clears throat> delete. <clears throat> because I, well, why is that? Because I've had friends who say, oh yeah? Well, I'll show you this article. And then they say, oh yeah, I'll show you this article. And then they go, da, 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 da. And they, they create this like really massive, stupid controversy over nothing, right? So someone doesn't want to play nice in my sandbox, guess what I do? I kick him out of my sandbox, right? Because what am I gonna do in my place, Jamal? I'm fostering connection. I'm fostering resilience. I am not fostering junk. So, thank you. So, one person, believe me. Great. So I, I, I really ask of you guys to think about what you're, what you're doing on Facebook. I ask you guys to, to use this, this is the kind of thing, you can click into this thing. This is readily available, I didn't have to buy this. You can click into this from out of the health affairs and it's the latest journal, just came out, right? This is what should be posted on Facebook. This is the kind of stuff that we need to inundate Facebook with stuff that talks about how chiropractic helps with family resilience and family connections and builds connections and builds resilience. That's what we need to do. Right? We need to change the focus because if you want to change the path, like I think social media can be changed. I think social media can be changed from this junk rivalry 
negative baloney, I think chiropractic can take over Facebook and, and make it like everybody, every, imagine if all of you and all of your friends who are not chiropractors see your chiropractic messages every single day. And then all the chiropractors that I talk to at ICPA and wherever else I'm going to Autism One this weekend, right, I'm gonna say the same message. Post stuff every day about chiropractic because we can take it over. Because imagine every day, you know, all the friends of chiropractors and the, who are not patients and the friends who are not chiropractors, and they're reading about chiropractic, 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 chiropractic. They just keep on seeing it. Don't you think it'll start changing what people think about chiropractic? Instead of where the, this woman coming in saying, I just want you to fix my kid in one adjustment, right? Now that's bad or wrong, we did that. We did that. Now we have to change that pattern, right? So make sure when you're seeing your new patients, and especially if you're an outpatient clinic, but even when you're in student clinic, right? And practice with, don't, don't not talk to your students just because they're students. Talk to them as if they're an outpatient, right? And they're not a student and they know nothing, right? Even though it might bore them, it's good practice for you. So, and talk to them about this, I'm not a back doctor, I'm a brain and nerve system doctor. That's what exactly what I say to my patients every single day, our new patients. We are a brain and nerve system doctor. That's why I said to her, this young lady, I said, I hear what you're saying, but I'm, I'm not, what you think it is, chiropractic is not what you think it is. I know you've been to chiropractors for back pain. And you go, because I said to her, when was the last time you went to chiropractor? When did my back, neck hurt? How many times did you go? Once. Okay, that's a, it's good that you went that way instead of taking aspirin or something, but that's not what chiropractic is. Chiropractic is so much more than that. It's about the brain and nerve system. And I had to educate her so that she understood why her kid needs to have six months to a year's worth of care versus one adjustment, right? And that's our responsibility, right? Our forefathers before us kind of blew it, right? We were just try trying to get chiropractic on the map and they sort of went the wrong direction. We have the opportunity to change that direction, but it's gonna change your pattern. Just like changing resilience and connection is a pattern, we have to change the pattern of what we have created ourselves.